when you do whatever you do and you find yourself maxing out at what you do, what you do is not who you are. What you do is not who you are. What you do is not who you are. People say T.D. Jakes is a preacher. First of all, he wasn't always. Second of all, T.D. Jakes is a man. He is a man called to preach. See, when people give you titles, they imprison you. If I bought into that, I wouldn't have done almost $500 million worth of films at the box office because I would have said, I'm a preacher, I can't do that. Don't let anybody lock you up with a title in a prison that is beneath your level of gifting. You are whatever is in you. You are whatever is inside of you. You are whatever you think about at night. You are whatever you dream. You are whatever is in your head. I want to break somebody out of jail right now. You are more than what people call you. Am I in the right place? You are more than the job title that you have. You are more than the company you work for. You are more than anything you have experienced up to this point. You are everything that gives you energy when you think about it. Find out what are the things that make you leap out of the bed in the morning. What are the things that give you energy when you think about them? Your purpose is in your passion. Your purpose is in your passion. Don't sit there and say, I don't know why I'm here. You do know why you're here. Find the thing that gives you energy when you do it. That ideas start teeming over in your head when you get in it. Find the thing that when you get into it, you're curious about it. You're attracted to it. You're drawn to it. Because whatever the anointing you respect is the anointing you receive. Oh, can I talk to you, somebody? The anointing you respect is the anointing you receive. So the person that you idolize, you probably idolize them because they're doing something that is in you. Other people ignore them. And you would walk a mile to hear them or see them or hear them sing or watch them build or hear them orate or whatever it is that they do. It's because it's in you. When I was eight years old, I was sitting in the back of the car with my mother and my mother was a speaker and she went out and did public speaking. And I was sitting in the back of the car at eight years old. I said, right now I'm going to hear you speak. And they called me Miss Jake's son. But the time will come, you'll come to hear me speak and they'll call you Tom Jake's mother. Instincts are inside of you and they are never one-dimensional. You are more than your job. So if your job goes down, it doesn't mean you have to go down. You are more than your title. While you're working for a company, never stop branding yourself. I was born to transform followers into leaders and leaders into agents of change. I was created by God, sent to this earth to help the follower discover that trapped inside of them as a great leader, to help them reconnect to their true abilities, their true potential, and to help them become all they were born to be. And so I'm very clear on what I am born to do. Uh, it energizes me every minute of the day. 
Matter of fact, my days are too short because I am so excited about my purpose. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, you mentioned earlier that at the age of 13, you began to ask yourself some very deep questions. Very unusual for a 13-year-old. What was it that happened in your life at the age of 13 that caused you to, to ask those, those questions? I, was, I remember sitting in a classroom one day and a white Scottish teacher looked at this class of black kids and he began to call us some names like half-breed monkeys, you know, black niggers, fools, uh, retarded. I mean, words you wouldn't imagine a teacher saying to kids. And I sat there and I began to weep. And I felt so in, insulted as a human. Matter of fact, I began to believe him. Because I figured maybe he's right. Maybe we can't learn. Maybe we are cursed. Maybe we are subhuman. Maybe there is something wrong with black people. And I remember running home to my, my mother with my brown paper bag with my book in it. We, didn't, we couldn't buy school bags. It was a shopping bag. It was my bag at school. And I ran home to that house and fell before my mother began to cry. And my mother did something that I hope every mother does. She looked at me, she held me very close and she shook me. She says, first of all, don't you ever say that again. And then she says, I want you to read a verse of scripture, son. And don't finish until you can quote it without reading it. And she gave me her big Bible. One verse of scripture. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. She said, you go in that little dirty room and you read that. And I went and I began to read the scripture. My tears were dropping on the page as I remember what the teacher said to me. And that scripture said one thing. It said, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above, far beyond all you can ever ask, think or imagine, according to the power that worketh within you. Mm. And I remember my tears began to turn into laughter because I began as a little kid, 13 years old, I began to understand one statement from the Bible that the power for me to be successful was not in the teachers, it was not in the educational system, it was not in my culture, it was not in my society, it was within me. And I began to think, God, if you are a good God, why am I poor? If you are a great God, why are these people better than me? If you make me in your image, why are they special and I'm a monkey? And that night, no thunder, no lightning, no earthquakes, nothing. I just heard a voice in my mind. And the voice said, I ask you to believe me and you will be saved, not them. And that night, I made a commitment to believe what God said. 13 years ago, I said, okay, I believe that I have the power to experience far beyond all I can ever ask, think, or imagine. 13 years old. And that's when my pursuit of God began. When was it that you realized you wanted to become a preacher? You know, I didn't want to become a preacher. Matter of fact, today I still don't consider myself a preacher. I think uh, it drove me to have a passion to help everybody who's been oppressed. My passion is to make sure that no one can, should live under what I experienced. I never desired to be a, a, a minister. I desired to help people. You're a husband, you're a father, a pastor, a businessman. 
a leadership consultant, a motivational speaker, and an author of many books, yet you've only got 24 hours in every single day like everybody else. Question is, how do you juggle all the demands, all these demands, on the time that you have? Yes. First of all, let me answer by saying that everybody has 24. Uh, do you know what they call using your time? They call it spending your time. Time is a currency. True. You use currency to buy things. Hmm. So whatever you spend your time on, that's what you bought. Hmm. I balance my life. My priority is important. For example, my first priority is my spiritual, personal relationship with God. I want to maintain that as my priority. My second priority is my wife and my children. I mean, period. That's it. It's more important than my job, my career, speaking to a million people, television. No, my family. Mm. Mm. You know. And then my third priority, of course, is my, my passion and my vision to help people discover who they are in Christ. So in the midst of your very busy schedule, what is it that you do for recreation? What is it that you do oh, I to love. chill? What, what, tell, tell me, what chill. is it that you do? I'm a musician. <laughs> sure, I produce a lot of music, and so I still enjoy guitar. I still enjoy playing the piano, really? uh, writing music. I love music. I could sit down for hours, just play the piano, just sing and, and write music. Uh, my second joy is painting. I'm an artist. I got a, I got a bachelor's degree in fine arts. Okay. So I do painting, I do sculpture, and uh, that's one of the ways over the years that I have been able to relax. Uh, and, uh, and of course, my, my third and most exciting hobby is reading. You know, I sit down and read, you know, just enjoy uh, learning. And, and to me, that's not work. That's pleasure. As you look back over your life, if there's just one thing that you could do differently, what would it be? Hmm. That's always, that's always a tough question. I get that question asked a lot. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, because everything that happened in my life produced me. Even the negatives, even the things that I might have failed in, the things I've made mistakes with, they were fantastic classrooms for me. And I believe the best thing in life to do is not to regret and try to change what happened, but to interpret it properly, maximize it and use it to serve other people. And that's what I want to do with my past.